2: Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Maganya Kramer Sanso in the background, helping us keep this thing moving. Kansas City Chiefs defeat the New York Jets on Sunday night. Football 23 to 20. And Rocky, we got a lot to discuss after this game, and I, I, I think I know the reaction that there's going to be. Like, there's going to be some panic offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs after a performance like this. And it was an ugly, grinded out, hard fought win. After the Chiefs looked like they were going to run away with this thing in the first quarter, totally fall apart in the second quarter, kind of look terrible in the third quarter, and then they put it together in the fourth quarter and make just enough place to come away with a win, but. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a good team that's struggling on the road against a bad football team. And credit to the New York Jets tonight. We know their defense is spectacular. Zach Wilson, very underwhelming football player generally, but maybe had the best game of his entire NFL career so far tonight. So I'm not going to panic after this game by the Kansas City Chiefs, but there's certainly some cause for concern after this one.
3: Listen, Steven Serta. Not every meal can be duck confit. Sometimes you got to eat your mother's <laughs> meatloaf, but it fills your belly just the same, right? You know, it's not all going to be a masterpiece. It's not all going to be the prettiest thing in the world. Sometimes you just got to eat your meatloaf and move forward. Um, Mahomes didn't have his best game. His fundamentals, it looked like his footwork was off. He was tossing off his back foot a lot, which causes a lot of throws to come up short. Um, you know, we'll talk more about the wide receivers and the ground game and the defense in this game. But yeah, you know, because we won an ugly game, I can say good for Zach Wilson. Like, like I genuinely feel like I want Zach Wilson to succeed as a player. And so the fact that he had a good game, I actually feel pretty happy for Zach Wilson because we won. If, if we would have lost, I would have been MF for Zach Wilson and all my private chats <laughs> with people until the cows come up. But because we won, I'm able to say, you know what, good for that young man. He really put together a decent game.
2: Yeah.
3: Um like the Jets shot themselves in the foot a lot of a lot a lot of this game, but the Chiefs did too. Like this was a game where two defenses played pretty hard and one offense played better than it should have. One offense played played didn't play as good as it
2: should have, and both teams made mistakes. So I don't care about Zach Wilson succeeding at all. I think that's weird that <laughs> you care whether or not he has a successful NFL career. I don't care about that whatsoever. Um, well, it's a selfish seat.
3: So I'll tell you this <laughs> why: because I have, because I am part of the draft community and I have a draft podcast and I had Zach Wilson as my QB one the year he came out. So okay. it benefits okay. me professionally if he turns out to be a good player.
2: Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So it's all about your personal priors. on uh, Zack uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay. Um, So I I think there's going to be a lot of conversation that comes out of this football game, Rocky. And I think some of it we're probably really not going to like, and obviously Taylor Swift in attendance, Travis Kelsey, like literally like the most famous NFL player in the world right now. And he's on a team with Patrick Mahomes and all of this stuff is happening around the team. And there's all this publicity that is kind of on another world right now. And then, You're playing on a standalone Sunday night football stage with the entire world watching. I I'm sure the ratings for this game were absolutely insane knowing that Taylor Swift was going to be there. And then she comes in with this kind of parade of celebrities, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, Blake Lively, like uh, Sophie Turner, like just an insane cast of people watching tonight's game and watching the Kansas City Chiefs beat the New York Jets. But, I'm not going to talk about this in that way because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people talking about like, is this stuff a distraction now? And you could already, you could have, you could have told me two weeks ago when this kind of first started circulating and happening, that that was going to be a way that people were going to go as soon as this thing turned in a negative way for the chiefs, but We don't need to do that, Rocky, because we watch this team every single year. So there's a lot of people watching them right now that might not be locked in them each and every week the way that we always are. We know the Chiefs do this. They do this every single season. They have games like this where they play down to their competition. And that's exactly what they did tonight. Now, there were some positive things that came out of this game. There was also a lot of negative things that happened in this game where they come out in the first quarter and I'm thinking, yes, this is them exposing this jets defense that I think is legitimately one of the best in the NFL that is extremely talented. That's got pass rushers all over the place. Their secondary is spectacular. And I was like, Andy Reid dusted off the playbook that he brought out against the San Francisco 49ers in the regular season last year. I was like Andy Reid b- brought out the good stuff for this game tonight. And they're going to put on a show on Sunday night football And then it just got sloppy in the second quarter. Patrick Mahomes has two turnovers. Uh, It's just short-arming throws and inaccurate. And, you know, you you could blame some of that stuff on the stage and maybe all the eyeballs on them. Maybe it's the ankle. I don't know. They didn't have Patrick Mahomes on the injury report this week. So I assume the ankle is totally fine. So I'm not willing to blame it on all of that. But it just kind of looked like this Chiefs team that we are used to where – They started out really great, and then we see them kind of play down to the competition when they get a little too full of themselves, and that's kind of my takeaway from this game.
3: Yeah, it actually, honestly, it seemed like they got up to a big lead early on, and they thought to themselves, okay, we're going to roll tonight, and this is going to be like last week, and we're going to just put up a bunch of points, and they got a little cocky against a really good defense. And you can't fool around against the Jets like you do against Chicago. And exactly. Pat, in the second <laughs> quarter, made a couple of throws where it looked like he was trying to be too cute, and he effed around and found out, you know, a little bit. And then the Chiefs found themselves in a one-score game at halftime. And after that, it had just come out score a touchdown, and they're and they're battling for the victory from there on out. You know, you gave you, you, you let the Jets feel like they belonged in the game was was your first
2: problem. So like in the comment section right now, and I told you Rocky, this was totally predictable. Like I I pointed this out two weeks ago when all of this started, it's like, it's all fun and games until they have a bad performance. And then immediately everybody's going to go to, this is a distraction. And maybe there was some of that with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe Patrick Mahomes was like, Oh, Wolverine is up there watching this football game right now. Deadpool's hanging out with Taylor Swift and my wife and Donna Kelsey, and she, and so I got to put on a show for them. Maybe there was some of that. I, I, I'm not going to say that for sure, but may, maybe there certainly was. But I would encourage all of you to go back and watch that week one game the Jets had against the Buffalo Bills, because they showcase what this defense is capable of. This defense is a problem. This defense is one of the toughest defenses you were going to play all season long. And they did the exact same thing to Josh Allen in week one. But they actually beat the Bills in week one with Zach Wilson under center and with Aaron Rodgers only playing four snaps. And then they still forced, I think, four turnovers against Josh Allen that week because this defense is that good. This isn't the kind of team that you can kind of have those lazy, lackluster sort of mistakes against because the defense will make you pay for them. Now, offensively, they leave a lot to be desired, and the offense might not make you pay for them the same way defense does. But to me, that is my biggest takeaway from this game is that the Chiefs got a little too careless like we've seen them do over and over and over again over the last several years. They played down to their competition and they took this team a little too lightly. And the New York Jets defense, which I genuinely believe is one of the five best defensive units in all of the NFL, made them pay for it and it almost cost them a win, but the Chiefs are able to escape New Jersey with a 23 to 20 win tonight.
3: I mean, I'm not buying the whole like the celebrities are a distraction to the Chiefs. Like, sure, with with, with been one of them a you long know, time. <laughs> they've like, been I've famous been for a long time. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you played in three Super Bowls. Patrick, like you go to the Super Bowl every single movie star that exists, every music star, every person who has who can afford ten thousand dollars a ticket plus is in that stadium, and you're playing in front of them. So, like the the whole idea that that they're star star starstruck by the stars at the game. I'm not buying the one thing that I say that, and I'm still not buying, but I think would be more likely is that Patrick Mahomes grew up idolizing Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is his favorite football player of all time. He modeled his game after Aaron Rodgers. Like like, like he was, he's on record with Chris Sims saying this and that he was looking forward to playing Aaron Rodgers before he had to this is all before the season. And so then you come out and you're not playing against Aaron Rodgers in the Jets, but he's in the building, right? Like you're like the guy you grew up idolizing, is in the building watching you play. Now, I still, still don't think that affected him, but I think that's more likely that Aaron Rodgers watching him affected him more than Blake Lively or Ryan Reynolds watching him. You know, or I like, guess Paul Rudd's at every single game. Let's like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Ant Man like is a regular like, in
2: the Chiefs' locker room. All right, yeah. this
3: isn't this is a new thing for them. Yeah, not at all. And So the starstruck aspect, I don't think about it, Kelsey. Did not play a, a bad game, they just had a game plan for Kelsey in the second half. And they said, you know what, we're gonna shut down Travis Kelsey and we're gonna make the Chiefs wide receivers beat us. And and that was their entire game plan. And that should be every team's game plan at this point against the Kansas City Chiefs. And and Travis Kelsey could not get open. And then when he did get open, there was penalties on the play, you know. And so, like, no, like if Travis Kelsey would have gone out and dropped six passes and fumbled the ball twice, maybe. But that's not what happened tonight. That wasn't the that's not that's that's not that's not the storyline.
2: Yeah, and Kelsey didn't have a bad game. He did have a big catch that was overturned because of a penalty. But let's kind of let's break down the offensive side of the ball and then we'll move over to the defensive side of the ball. But like I, I just cannot stress enough, this is an incredible New York Jets defense. Like they are loaded. That's why this team with Aaron Rodgers under center coming into this season was considered. One of the legitimate contenders in the AFC. And this Sunday night football week four matchup was supposed to be one of the biggest matchups of the season. Obviously, that didn't happen when Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles four plays into the regular season. And now we get this matchup with Zach Wilson. So Mahomes was certainly off a little bit tonight. But I am going to put more on the Jets' pass rush and the problems that they were giving the Chiefs' offensive line. And at times in this game, the Chiefs' offensive line was spectacular against a Jets' pass rush that runs like five or six guys deep. Like, they're that talented. They have that many playmakers along that defensive line. And they were putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes and making him uncomfortable. And I think it was the most pressure. I don't know, have the stats in front of me, but just based on my eyeballs... It was the most pressure he's been under in a game so far this season, just based on what I was seeing, like and the hits that he was taking, because we haven't seen him under very much pressure this season. The, the offensive line has been spectacular through three games, and tonight they were bringing the heat and they were making him uncomfortable. And maybe Mahomes was just a little bit off, and so that kind of plays into this poor offensive performance where you nearly blow a game against Zach Wilson and the New York Jets now. As far as the rest of the offense goes, yeah, there's some red flags continually with the offensive line. I still think the protect- protection was solid. You get more Jawan Taylor penalties. Trey Smith had a couple of penalties tonight, and there was some ugly play. But again, that's another thing that I attribute to. The Jets' defensive line is just really good, and they give you a lot of problems. And the Chiefs were tired and, and getting worn out by all the guys that they're throwing and all the blitzes that they're sending in my homes and all the pressure that they're creating – and all of that plays into all of this. Like the the Jets are specifically designed for this kind of ugly performance. Thankfully, you have Patrick Mahomes, and so he made the plays in the fourth quarter that he needed to make to make sure that you escaped with the win.
3: Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, like Jawan Taylor has to stop being the story. Like, like honestly, like like like, like he knows that everybody. Is in it mean He knows everybody's watching him, and you could see it that he was he made an adjustment to the way he played tonight. But the problem was is that he got consistently beat. You know, after he made that adjustment, like he has to be able to play straight up and not get beat. Yeah, it was a bad face mask call that should not have been a safety. The face mask started at the two yard line. You know, they said so much on the broadcast, but you can't and you you, you like you can't blame the game on penalties. Like the Chiefs left enough plays on the field that it wasn't the penalties that caused the game. Now, I will say this. The penalty happened at a very inopportune time. It put the first points on the board for the Jets. It gave them the ball back. It kind of started that that switch in the momentum a little bit. So, And then, and then he had the other holding call on a, on a big first down conversion, right? And so he has to stop being the story of the game. Like He needs to be invisible for a game where he just plays his position and nobody notices him good or bad, right? And then... As far as the wide receivers go, like until somebody proves that they can get any separation more than 10 yards downfield, teams are just going to be playing them under the, you know, like nonstop. But the Chiefs do not stretch the ball downfield at all with their wide receivers. You saw at the end of the game, even when they were moving the chains, they were passing the ball for four to five yards at a clip, you know, like like, like it's immediate passes to Rashi Rice and then get some some catches yeah. at you know, get some yards after the catch. It's a jet sweep, you know to uh, sky more or a simple out quick out to Kadarius tony there's nobody nobody stretching the field right now
2: so let's unpack what you're kind of saying about the wide receivers because that that's something that i've highlighted the last few weeks on this show specifically and we'll talk about isaiah pacheco and how tremendous he was tonight had the game of his life and uh, returning to his hometown new jersey uh, and he was amazing and i i loved everything that we saw from him so we'll Discuss that and we'll discuss everything that he was able to put together tonight. But the wide receivers are the biggest red flag for me right now. They're the biggest concern for me offensively for the Kansas city chiefs where, you know, we saw how important Travis Kelsey is and the ad libbing and just the, The nonverbal communication, like just things unsaid, but they just know intuition between him and Travis Kelsey is something you just simply can't replace offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. So having Kelsey back in the mix after him missing week one, obviously tremendous for the offense, but I brought it up after week one, I brought it up after week two, I brought it up after week three, and it was apparent again tonight. The Chiefs right now in this wide receiver room that has all this depth and has all these bodies that we were all really optimistic for um, at, at the start of the season and, and during training camp, they got to get more out of those guys. And the biggest issue right now is, you know, the Jets were bringing a lot of heat on Mahomes tonight. But overall, there was times in this game where they were protecting the hell out of Patrick Mahomes and giving him tons of time on that incredible third in twenty-two run. That he had in the fourth quarter to keep the game alive. Like he had all day before he decided, okay, I, nobody's open and I got to take off. And that is a theme with this wide receiver room right now. They aren't winning one-on-one matchups and they aren't getting open down the field. Now that was a problem early in the season last year too, but the chiefs figured it out and they were super efficient and they were spreading the ball around and everything wound up working to where Patrick Mahomes goes on to win another MVP. So I'm not super stressed about that right now, but we're a month into the season now, Rocky. And week after week, we're seeing instances where protection's incredible, defense is key in on Travis Kelsey, and the other guys aren't winning their one-on-one matchups. And that is a concern because you have to figure out how to make that work as the season moves on. And we haven't really seen them totally make that work yet.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. And and with the uh, with with the wideouts, like the thing that happened last year was, is that Juju Smith Schuster started producing and became that chain mover that that was opposite of Travis Kelsey, that other big body receiver that they could send, you know, eight yards downfield on a, on a third and seven and, and, and pick up the first down. And the only guy they have on the team right now who's really in that mold is Rashi Rice, but he's he's a rookie and he takes time to develop. And he's just not ready to be that guy yet. And so, and they, they need they need that guy who's that other chain mover, opposite of of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. That way, it frees up Travis Kelsey on the other side. And then when you have two guys, you got to pay attention to at th- on third and seven or third and five, third and six. Who's a chain mover? Then that opens up the seams down the field for your other guys like MVS, you know, and even Sky Moore, you know, to, to break open a play. But they they don't they don't they don't have that guy right now. They need at least one more guy was a legitimate possession receiver right like like honest to god like they need adam thielen on this team like they need a guy like that you know and they and they just don't have him so
2: patrick mahomes hits eight different pass catchers again tonight and they yeah they just that they have guys who can make plays here and there i know MVS had a drop tonight and I think that's kind of been the big problem through the first three weeks uh, leading into tonight is that it seems like Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez-Cantling are your two most reliable wide receivers. But we know exactly who they are as NFL players, right? Like, they can make some big plays down the field. They can make some splash plays. MVS has some moments where I'm like... Where's that at 90% of the time, but you occasionally do it 10% of the time and you make incredible catches and you make these big splash plays and everything's great, but we know exactly who they are. They're inconsistent producers and they can make some big plays here and there, but they're not going to be able to do that consistently. Kadarius Tony maybe is going to be that guy. And he had a nice catch tonight. That was a big play for them at that moment in the game, but Tony's still not, seeing a significant amount of snaps and i i think that that's his role now um just his inability to stay on the field like i'm not convinced that the chiefs believe they can deploy him for 80 percent of the snaps anymore like i I think that they legitimately believe like this is how we have to utilize him and when he's on the field we're going to find ways to get him the ball and try to get him to make impact plays but he's not a guy that we're going to be able to rely on all the time rasheed rice is the only one through the first four weeks of the season the only wide receiver in that group that I'm like, okay, well, we haven't seen how good he can really be yet. And and he's still got places to go if they can figure out how to get him more involved. The problem is that Andy likes to bring rookie wide receivers along slow. He doesn't want to overload them. He doesn't want to put too much on their plate, but it's pretty clear right now that while they still don't have a guy who can, like you mentioned, an Adam Thielen, a guy who can legitimately get open just strictly off of his route running who can in those situations where they're double and triple teaming Travis Kelsey, um, they have that guy who can win a one-on-one matchup and get open for you and and make a play for Patrick Mahomes. Rasheed Rice isn't that guy yet, but at least what we're seeing in Rasheed Rice is that he's got a little more pop when you get the ball in his hands. And so he can step into that Juju Smith-Schuster role, hopefully a little bit. And as the season goes on, he can continue to progress that way. But, It just kind of feels like they don't have an answer at pass catcher right now outside of Travis Kelsey, but it seems pretty obvious to everybody that Rasheed Rice could possibly be that guy if they're willing to deploy him more instead of this kind of rotation where they're just deploying eight guys every single game and and hoping for the best and hoping that there's enough plays to be had on the field offensively and they score enough points and the defense holds and they wind up winning a football game.
3: Yeah, it almost looks like they're going to play eight wide receivers or eight different guys, throw to eight different guys and hope that each one of them makes one or two plays. And those are all going to add up to enough plays, Right. You know, instead of having a few consistent guys and with Kadarius, Tony, I think you're absolutely right. He's just a weapon. Like he's not going to be a a consistent every down wide receiver in the NFL. His body won't hold up to it. He hasn't shown that he's consistent enough. And I think that, he that's not where he's the most effective, right? Like, bring him in off the bench, design up a couple plays for him, you know, kind of in that Mikkel Hardman role, you know. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's it stinks because you're right, Rice isn't that guy yet, and they need Rice to be that guy now. Week 10, is Rice going to be that guy? Sure, but what are we going to do for the next six weeks, you know what
2: I mean? And so uh, it's and we're 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 talking about uh three and one football teams (laughs) like i'm not panicking there's gonna be some panic and tomorrow the headlines are gonna be you know taylor swift and all the eyeballs in america are on the kansas city chiefs now or it's gonna be the chiefs have no pass catchers is is this the year that the bills finally surpassed them because the chiefs just don't have it offensively anymore and like all of that stuff is obviously headline overreaction. Let's react to one small sample size of the chiefs underperforming a little bit offensively. And I I just think they've got a long way to go. And we had so many questions coming into this season and we still don't really have those questions answered. And it was all about the wide receiver room. It was all about the defense and, and and through a, a month of the season, I'm still really impressed with the chiefs defense overall. And through a month of the season, I still have absolutely no idea who the best pass catcher on the team is outside of Travis Kelsey, but I believe it to be Rishi rice. And so I think we need to see him involved more because it seems pretty clear to me that he's got the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in that group right now. Now I I will say offensively, I loved what they did in the first quarter. It was nice to actually see them lean into the run and this is what the jets have been bad at this season. Like this is an elite defense. And I think the jets are a are a top five unit in all of football, but they've been giving a lot of big plays up on the ground. Other teams have been able to run the football against them. And we saw early on, it wasn't just Isaiah Pacheco running up the middle and, and trying to gash them that way they were actually involving Pacheco in the passing game tonight. And that's something that I'm really excited about because that's something that I think is really underrated about his game when he's been given those opportunities in the past. He has made plays and has looked good that way. And he looked good that way tonight. And then he has a 48-yard touchdown, rushes for over 100 yards. Uh, Amazing story, like playing in his hometown. And, And it was just really cool to see that for him. But I want to see more of that because I think that's how you get the passing game going. That's how you feel more confident in these guys is by making those guys have to accept that they have to respect the chiefs running game and and that'll open things up downfield for the passing attack. And, And I think that could be a significant boost to the offense in the long run. If they would lean into it a little bit more moving forward.
3: Oh, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco has developed into a complete running back. I mean, he's a three-down back at this point. It was like his pass protection, Andy didn't necessarily trust him early on. That's why, you know, Mike McKinnon's on this roster because for the be the third down back. But they trust him now, like, like in the passing game, uh, and protection and, and you know, to catch the ball. And we've always known he's a beast at running the ball, but his vision has gotten a little bit better. He go like he did a couple of runs today where he still goes. East to west a little bit too much and just doesn't cut it up field, but it's surprising what a forty yard run like this will do for you. You know, if you're uh, if you're trying to get your offense going, you know, right? Like if you if you have a guy who can break a big one like this and pull away from a defense, then you know this is a this he has a second gear that Clyde Drexler has never possessed. You know, that's the difference right there. You know, Jerry McKinnon has this at this stage in his career. Probably doesn't possess that gear anymore. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has that one where if he gets in the open field, he can pull away from the defense. And on top of that, he seeks contact any place through and gets extra yards. He falls forward. You know, there's a lot to like about Isaiah Pacheco's game. And if you watched his, uh, the, the Chiefs put out a video this past week about him going back home for his homecoming for the for the parade they threw for him after this won the Super Bowl. And somebody asked if he was like, how things had changed since he got drafted. He was like, I was a seventh round pick. I haven't made any money yet. I can't afford to not be (laughs) hungry. Like, like my life hasn't really changed that much. Like, you know, yeah, I'm doing okay, basically, you know, but I haven't moved my whole family in with me or anything because I'm making seventh round pick money, you know? And so he's a guy, I think that still has that chip on his shoulder that he wants to he wants to be able to make a name for himself. And as he said, when he got drafted last year, he came in to take a grown man's job. And I think that he knows that to hold on to that grown man's job, he needs to run angry and he can't afford to let up. And so he's all gas, no breaks, and he's fun to watch. And you know how and here's another thing I love about Chiefs fans is we've been ingrained since Marty Schottenheimer. Like I think since Marty we've been ingrained to love running backs. Like we had Christian DeCoy. Then we had priest Holmes, Then we had Jamal Charles, you know, for a while we even loved Larry Johnson when he was good, you know, and if we have a good running back, we love him. We love our good running backs in Kansas city. And so, I mean, I say Pacheco, he was already a fan favorite last year. And I think his popularity is just going to grow. And, He's just a fun guy to watch and a fun guy to root for. And he's a guy that right now, with the Chiefs offense being what it is, and the receivers struggling, like you're good, like if you saw tonight, the Chiefs are doing about a 50-50 split and running and passing again. And I think the Chiefs are gonna continue to lean on Isaiah Pacheco to kind of get the offense going. Like, like, like when the like in the second half, when the Chiefs finally started moving the ball a little bit, is because they let the run set up the pass again. That's something we talked about last week, the run setting up the pass instead of vice versa. And I think that's going to be this chief's MO until some of these receivers start to define themselves.
2: I want to remind you guys, if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around after the break. We'll have all the post-game press conferences. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Isaiah Pacheco. So make sure you stick around after the break. We'll have all that available for you. Um, if you're in the comments section, you can uh, leave a comment, hashtag AP Rapid Reaction. We'll try to get to a couple observations at the end of the show. Um I totally agree with you on Pacheco. Um, obviously, he still has some vision issues. There's still a lot of wasted movement sometimes just to get upfield. But when he shows the burst, when he shows the explosion and you see the speed, you're like, yes, please just hit the hole and get up there and show and show us that explosiveness because we know it's there. We just need you to get there a little bit faster. And hopefully tonight... In a tough matchup, but against the Jets team that has given up some success on the ground this year, this was a big first step and him being a significant part of the offense in a way that I think we all hoped he would be in year number two, because this was easily the most touches he's had so far in a game this season for the Chiefs. And I want to move over to the defensive side of the ball, but Kramer, throw up the Noah Gray touchdown just because I don't want to overlook Noah Gray's touchdown. That was from the first quarter. It feels like that was a week ago at this point because... Everything was flying high. Everything was working for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then it got really ugly after that Noah Gray touchdown. So I just wanted to highlight that Noah Gray had an impressive touchdown. It just feels like it was a week ago at this point after that game.
3: And if you watch that play, like like Noah Gray scored the touchdown, but Travis Kelsey caused that touchdown. There's five defenders on Kelsey underneath, and Noah Gray just slips behind him right like all the attention was on Travis Kelsey on that play and he drew all the defense in and left and got no great release there so so Travis Kelsey didn't get a touchdown but he caused a touchdown
2: so moving over the defensive side of the ball and I don't want to take away anything from Zach Wilson tonight like this was the best game of Zach Wilson's NFL career and I, I think some of it was All of the conversations around him, supposedly his defense is furious and everybody there's all kinds of turmoil in the locker room about, you know, trading for a quarterback or benching him or doing literally anything to try to give the jets a better opportunity of winning football games this season. And Zach Wilson actually stepped up on a big stage tonight and made a lot of tough throws and was pretty accurate for the most part. But at the end of the day, And when you have a bad football player, a bad NFL quarterback, you expect them to make mistakes. And he made mistakes down the stretch that cost the Jets this football game. Has uh, a fumble that really wasn't even caused by anything. He just kind of dropped the football and Tershawn Wharton scoops it up late in the fourth quarter, which was a turning point in the football game for the Kansas City Chiefs. But defensively, I'm not going to say that there's anything I'm concerned about coming out of this game. This certainly wasn't the sharpest chiefs defensive performance of the season. Um, especially after the first three weeks of the season, like week one, no Chris Jones. They look impressive, even in a one point loss to the Detroit lions. And then the last two weeks, they've been just amazing and, and, and tremendous. They were eventually going to slow down. Like they weren't going to keep just totally dominating and manhandling every offensive line that they played. Like that was inevitably going to hit a wall at some point, And it did for a little bit tonight, but I still thought the chiefs were bringing a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson early on in this football game and they were impacting the plays in that way. They just weren't closing. Like it took them a while to finally get that sack. And even then it was Mike Edwards coming up from the safety position to, to make a big play before they finally got their first sack, even though they were putting pressure on Zach Wilson early in the game.
3: Yeah. I mean, George Carlotta's has had a couple of sacks where he just, Like, this one right here, like he just – like, Zach Wilson just gets away from him, right? Like, he's got Zach Wilson in the grasp, and Zach Wilson escapes. Like, you got to finish those sacks. And, um, you know, Chris Jones, he did get a sack in this game, but I will say in the second half he started to look winded. He was out there a lot more – for a lot more snaps than he's been at any point this season, I think. And I think that he started to slow down in the second half a little bit. He wasn't – he wasn't coming off the snap nearly as quick enough as the the offensive line was. He – he, he wasn't fighting quite as hard as he was in the first half, you know. And so, you know, that's something that's going to happen when a guy holds out, though. Like, he's got to get that football conditioning back. And the Chiefs came out and said they didn't think conditioning was an issue for Chris Jones this week. But it, I think conditioning is an issue for Chris Jones, you know, um, if it's going to be a game where the defense is going to be on the field this much, um,
2: you know. And so, I, I don't know. What do you think? It's... I think he definitely looked tired, and we haven't even seen him like last season. I think at the end of the year, Chris Jones was playing like ninety-five percent of the defensive snaps. Like he just wasn't coming off the football field, but you know, no off-season program, no training camp, limited snap counts in his first three games of the season, and we're just seeing that. Yeah, like it is. It's tasking, and you get tired out there grinding. But I also think that the. Offensive performance played into the defense too. Like when Zach Wilson was looking good in this football game and making throws, I thought everybody kind of looked tired. I thought the secondary was playing tired and because the chiefs just kept, kept, they turned the football over, go three and out or whatever. They weren't, the offense wasn't staying on the field for a long time. They weren't having these long sustained drives. Like we've seen them do to kind of give the defense a break. And so I think overall in the second half, especially the defense was tired. They were worn out. Like, We saw Justin Reed have some bad plays tonight. We saw Brian Cook have some bad plays tonight. Trent McDuffie even had one bad play against Alan Lazard, where Trent McDuffie has been elite so far this season, and Lazard made a good adjustment on the ball, and Trent McDuffie didn't make a good adjustment on the ball, and he got burned for it. Um, I, I just think this was probably the most down game the Chiefs defense has played so far this season. But I I think some of that just had to do with the flow of the game and the conditioning like you were talking about overall. Like I just thought they looked gassed in the second half. And I'm not worried about them moving forward. I think this was just kind of one of those weird games where we talk about this team that plays down to their competition and then the defense is gassed and they're not getting after Zach Wilson the way that we've seen them get after quarterbacks in the first three weeks of the season. And it all just kind of worked against them. But they still won the football game, and that's what good teams do. They find a way to win and, and claw and hang in there and beat these inferior opponents. And that's exactly what the New York Jets are. You're you're right, and and you know with the with Trent McDuffie
3: on that one bad play, he got turned he got turned around from the snap on that on that play. Like I mean, Lazard had him spun around two or three different times. There was no chance that McDuffie was going to stop him on that play. But if you watch this game, speaking of McDuffie the chiefs are bringing him down on the line of scrimmage and run defense a lot. Like, like, like he is like, he has become like a run defender in their minds. You know, they're almost deploying them almost like a safety in the box a little bit. Um, there's nothing that trip McDuffie can't do. I thought he played another outstanding game absent of that one snap. Um, you know and, and you make a good point about the condition on the on the entire defense when you're a team that's used to the offense having eight minute drives and dry, and and having these long drives that go down the field and score on a consistent basis and you have time to sit on the sideline to catch your breath and then suddenly two three four times in the game they're going three and out or they're having five play drives and you're back on the field again and the opposing the opposing offense is putting together Seven, eight, ten, twelve play drives. Even if they're not ending in touchdowns, they're in field goals. That's still a lot of time on the. That you're on the field, and you're not having right. a lot of rest in between it. And in the second half, especially after the first quarter, the Jets were on the field a lot, and the, offense, the Jets' offense was on the field a lot, and the Chiefs' offense was struggling to move the ball. So, so that's a good point. I also, with Nick Bolton being out, you see a lot more Leo Chanel in coverage which is not Leo Chanel's strength. And so you saw a few plays today where they were kind of picking on him. Anytime they saw Leo Chanel on the tight end, it seemed like the ball was going to the tight end and they were making a lot of conversions to quick passes out to the tight end where Leo Chanel just just couldn't keep up with the guy. And so that's something that when Nick Bolton comes back, isn't going to be as big of an issue. Right. But, you know, Nick Bolton wasn't back. And like you said, the defense fought, they clawed, and they beat a bad team, which is what you got to do.
2: And, and to your point on leo chanel like that's something that was game planned by them offensively that was something they attacked throughout the game uh cj uzama had a nice game tyler conklin made some plays for them in the passing game like like the the tight ends and them ch- challenging him when they saw him out on the field with those guys was something that they implemented offensively is something that they wanted to make sure that they attacked tonight and they found success with it that's what good teams do. Like I I certainly saw progress from the New York jets offensively tonight. I just think that overall, like the the chiefs defense had a a slightly down game and the offense had a slightly down game and a really tough matchup. But I, I will say at one point there was a moment in the game where I was like, okay, I'm worried right now. And it was when Brees hall rips off a 43 yard run. And I'm like, there's no way Zach Wilson is going to pull this off. Like, that is not actually going to happen. There's no way Zach Wilson is going to upset the defending Super Bowl champions on Sunday night football with all these celebrities in attendance and Taylor Swift and, you know, and now her relationship with everybody in the Chiefs family and all of that stuff. And the defense manages to keep it together after that huge run. They force a punt and, zach wilson uh, almost there's a pick to end that drive too it it was a bad pass it winds up getting deflected falls incomplete they force a punt and then a couple series later is when zach wilson has the fumble tershawn wharton picks it up and and the chiefs are able to seal the game basically after that like that 43 yard run by breeze hall I, i think that was the difference in the game where i'm sitting there saying okay now i'm a little bit nervous chiefs responded defense did exactly what they needed to do in a key moment of the game and that's what eventually led to the chiefs actually leaving tonight with a win
3: you know a lot of people i saw on social media were kind of hitting brian cook for having a bad game he maybe didn't have his best game but Great that tackle, tackle yeah. that tackle saved the game on that 46 yard run to free he was in open field with a with a With all, I mean, Brees Hall was the best running back out of the draft last year. And Before he got injured, he was tearing it up. He is a Pro Bowl-level quality running back. You're in the open field, one-on-one, pedaling backwards against a Pro Bowl-caliber running back like Brees Hall, and and you stick with him and make the tackle to save the touchdown. Like, that was maybe the defensive play of the game, you know, to the extent that if they get a touchdown there and he doesn't make that tackle, then the Chiefs are suddenly playing from behind. You know what I mean? And so – I mean, Brian Cook, you fought and you battled too. So, you know, you, you at least get a star for that play.
2: And, you know, uh, I, as somebody who's spent a lot of the offseason talking about my high expectations for Brian Cook, he's been a little up and down as a second year player who's still kind of finding his footing and figuring things out. But in my honest opinion, I think Justin Reed has been pretty up and down and Justin Reed's been around the NFL for a long time. So uh, I still think this chief's defense has potential to be one of the top five units in the NFL. I still think that they are that good. I still think that they're growing and figuring things out. And tonight was just one of those tough games. Uh, I still have plenty of faith in this team moving forward. And I still think that the chiefs are one of the absolute best teams in football and, and one of the biggest content- contenders in the AFC. So I'm not too worried coming out of a 23 to 20 win where the Kansas City chiefs are still three and one. They finally sit atop the AFC West, and the schedule only continues to get better for them as we move along. They've got a tough stretch here in a couple of weeks, but coming up, it's pretty favorable for the defending Super Bowl champions in the Minnesota Vikings, whose defense looked a little bit better today, but we know their defense just isn't good and probably not going to hold up against Patrick Mahomes for the most part. Then you have the Broncos, who you know, squeaked out a win against the Chicago Bears today, but they got decimated by Justin Fields in the first half. They let the Dolphins put up 70 points on them last week. I got no faith in that Broncos defense right now. Then the Chargers and the Broncos again before the huge game in Germany against the Miami Dolphins. So I think things are falling into place for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they're still figuring things out, but as long as they keep winning football games, I don't think we should stress about these kinds of performances all that much right now. I agree.
3: I mean, it's the NFL. You're like the mar- like the like the margin of error between a bad team and a good team is not that great. We're seeing that honestly with the Houston Texans. They were the worst team in football last year, but yeah. so, well, I guess the Chicago Bears technically were. But they were arguably the worst team in football last year. Suddenly they get C.J. Stroud, and now they look like a legitimate NFL team. You know who go on, who just blew out the pittsburgh steelers right like 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 the, like in the nfl the margin of error is not that big and so any win is a good is a good win right you know so i mean yeah they're still growing to do it wasn't a perfect game the chiefs aren't a perfect team but they weren't a perfect team at this time last year either so
2: just win in advance baby so let's get to a couple of comments before we get out of here. Again, I want to remind you guys, stick around after the commercial break. If you're listening to us on the podcast, we'll have all the post game press conferences for you. Uh, good pass rush, forces, penalties, bottom line. We went on the road against the top defense. Yeah, I-, I feel like that's the only takeaway you should have in this game. And if you want to take something else away from it, it's the Chiefs question marks at wide receiver are still there. And they don't have any man beaters right now. They don't have anybody who gets open in one-on-one matchups when defenses are keying in on Travis Kelsey. But if you watch the first three games of the season, that hasn't changed. That's been, that's been something that stood out to me in every game so far this year. And they're still figuring it out. And I think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will get that figured out, but they need some of these guys to step up and they need some of them to look like difference makers. Cause right now they don't have very many guys doing that. 100%. And I mean, you see all this, you know, you see this all the time. Like you have, you have these elite pass
3: rushers and they beat the best linemen in football all the time. Like a really, really good pass rush beats a good offensive line. You know, like, like at the end of the day and, and on because the, the thing is, is the offensive line can do their job, you know, five, four out of five times. But the one time that they mess up that it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a minus 15 play. Right. And so and so it stands out so much more, you know, than when the offensive line line does their job.
2: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Would the Chiefs be better trading three of their wide receivers for sixth or seventh round picks to get them in rhythm with Mahomes? What is that going (laughs) to (laughs) do? No,
3: genuinely,
2: genuinely. What is What is that going to solve? I don't see how that fixes anything that just makes the wide receiver room worse than it already is. Yeah, and like if you're going to trade for like like honestly,
3: if you're going to do any kind of trade whatsoever, you need a guy like T. Higgins to demand a trade and say I don't want to play in Cincinnati well, anymore. And he going the win today, so he's going to. Yeah. Be okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. But you know, you get you get the concept, right? You know, Mike. You know, Mike Evans or whoever, you know, right? You need somebody to to demand that they don't want to play in this town anymore, and they demand a trade. But even then, the Chiefs are going to have to give up a first or second round pick to get a guy like that. And it's one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've seen in years coming up in twenty twenty four. It is packed full of dudes, and,
2: like actual dudes. And, and I, I will say, for the people that are still like hopeful that the Chiefs are going to make some kind of big splash trade or something like that, I think this is the squad. Like, I, I think this is the team. Um, they've got a lot of decisions to make this off season uh, about future contracts for this team right now. And I think that they are focused on trying to win with the team that they have. So I am not going to be talking about the chiefs trying to trade for a wide receiver, or do anything drastic at the trade deadline this year. I just don't think it's going to happen. They've just got too many decisions to make this off season, especially with Snead, Dana, Chris Jones, like just defensively, Justin Reed, if they want to keep him or if they want to cut him early. And there's just too many decisions to make. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith looking for extensions. Like, there's a lot of contracts that they're going to have to dish out, or contracts that they're going to decide have to decide not to make. So, uh, well, I, I'm to, not.
3: To, yeah, to that point, that might just be a long term thing with with the contracts that they've already dished out to Mahomes and other people that they're going to have to draft wide receivers and develop them because they're not going to be able to play in the free agent market
2: on and, these guys. And. Early returns on Rasheed Rice are promising. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not panicked about it because Rasheed Rice looks good. Like, he's just not getting that many opportunities. But when he's getting opportunities, I understand. I think he's got a drop in every game so far. (laughs) Like, he drops passes. Okay, I get it. He's a rookie wide receiver, though. That's why he's got limited opportunities. But I think for the most part, outside of the drop passes and looking past those, when he's getting opportunities, he's making plays, and he looks like an effective football player, and he looks like he could be a, a just a perfect fit for that Juju Smith Schuster role that they're missing from last season. And it's just other than that, you were kind of hoping that Sky Moore would develop more and, and turn into this. And the early returns on Sky Moore this season aren't great; they're not promising. Like I, I am not hopeful about Sky right now because. He just hasn't had the impact that I thought he was going to have early on in the season. And I, I don't really see how you can be very optimistic about his play right now. Maybe Tony gets on the field more, but I'm not optimistic about him either. It's it's basically Rasheed Rice, and that's it. Like there, That's the only wide receiver I've got high hopes for moving forward at this point because Justin Ross isn't getting on the field. And so it's Rasheed Rice or kind of nobody else right now. And with Justin Ross not getting on the field, there's there's a reason
3: for that. Um, like, like, yes, he's he was great in the preseason, he's a great story, and he made the team and everything, but he's also a bottom of the roster wide receiver going against number one defense, like like, like, like he was going against twos and threes all, all all preseason, like he's going against ones all year, and he's he's essentially a rookie, a rookie wide receiver. He's gonna have the exact same problems that Rashid Rice had, except for he hasn't proven himself nearly as much as Rasheed Rice has in actual games, you know? So I I, I wouldn't hold out hopes for, for Justin Ross making any impact this season.
2: Chiefs improved to three and one on the back of an ugly, hard fought 23 to 20 win against the New York jets. They traveled to Minnesota next week uh, to take on the Minnesota Vikings who did pick up their first win of the season today, but the Chiefs have a good opportunity to win that game and improve to four and one next week. And this might have been an ugly game, but they sit atop the AFC West, they're defending Super Bowl champions, and they got a hard-fought win on Sunday night football. And I think that is all that matters. Doesn't seem like there was any significant injuries coming out of this football game. And for the most part, you, you can pick it apart and you can be negative about it. It's a win. And, and that's my biggest takeaway from this thing is that they escaped. New York with a win, and that's all that matters for the Kansas City Chiefs. Only the third one since 1971. Chiefs are 3-8-1 and one <laughs> against
3: the Jets in New York since 1971. So, hey, it's a good day if you win in New York. Yeah.
2: So, it's a long, rapid reaction show. Uh, he's Rocky Magagna. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magagna. Please follow Kramer at Kramer. Talks. to am Steven, sir. That's where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network and follow all of our incredible Chiefs coverage at ArrowheadPride.com. I will be back first thing tomorrow morning with Pete Sweeney on the latest edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. We'll talk to you guys then. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show after the Chiefs' 23-20 to Sunday night win over the New York Jets. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Isaiah Pacheco, and linebacker Drew Tranquil. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid.
4: All right. Um, we just had one injury there, so Cole Christensen uh, pulled his hamstring, so uh, he'd be the only one to... To mention, proud of our guys for battling through uh, the night. There were some changes in momentum there. We were able to get it back and did a nice job of uh, swinging things back at the right way. And um, I, you know, if I had to pick somebody out there, I'd pick Pacheco out for the nice job that he had tonight, and and then for our corners for figuring out what they were doing and shutting them down. So it was a uh, it was good all the way around there. Anyways, well, that time's yours. Andy,
5: what did you see from Mahomes'
2: last scramble? Okay.
4: Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one. We had something else called, uh, but it was a good job by him. Uh, and you could see how competitive he is, and he knew he was off a tick that first half, got back on it, and did a nice job the second half. I was
5: going to ask you about that. You know, we don't see him struggle that often, but how
2: did you see him respond after the two interceptions? Yeah, it was great.
4: He, you know, he, he said something during halftime. He said, you know we'll figure it out here and I'll get it right. And he, he did so.
0: What <clears throat> was impressive about the checkup
4: tonight? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, how hard he ran. <laughs> My voice is gone. <clears throat> might have to call this off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The last drive uh, takes up seven minutes and 24 seconds, but it only goes about, like, 40 yards out
4: That's looking water girl in the league. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Obviously, I'm a team on, you know,
0: four-minute offenses, but uh, seven minutes, but only takes up half the field. I I'm how impressed press you yeah. to be able to take up all that time, but not go so that
6: far. <clears throat> yeah,
4: that was important, um, that fourth quarter. I mean, just the... You know, we had the ball quite a a bit. That's a good defense, too. I mean, that's one of the better defenses in the National Football League, so they do do a great job there. And their quarterback, you know, for a BYU guy, he was on fire. You know, I'm proud of him for that.
2: They really gave you a battle there that entire game. Did this game play out any differently than maybe what you were expecting coming into it at all?
4: I didn't expect the high and the low part of it. You know, we started off like gangbusters and had a lot of yards and then between turnovers and some penalties. You know, it changed up a little bit, but, um, you know, I, that's a loaded question. So I'm, I'm always expecting our guys to do good. So. You mentioned Zach just a moment ago. he's coming off one of his worst games probably last week. How much different was he from what you saw on film or what you might have expected? Yeah. Well, we know he's a good athlete. He's got a um, big arm. Um, so, I, listen. I, w- we know that he's got the talent there. He's a young guy, so and it's hard to have patience in New York. I know that. I, I understand.
0: How proud are you of the defense after that safety? Uh, they got down, you know, inside the ten. held a field goal. Yeah, and they missed the field goal as well. Yeah,
4: field position wasn't. We we weren't putting them in great field position, but we uh, defensively, we you know, we kind of had our back to the wall after that first series, and and other guys they bowed up there. Very nice.
5: Andy, one of the big plays was that hold on MBS that Sauce Gardner had. What did you what'd you see on that one?
4: Yeah, listen, I thought it was a hold. I've got to go back and look at the, the tape on it. He was on the other side of the field. But um, they're aggressive, and so they're going to get a couple of those uh, during the game. And, you know, Sauce is as good as there is in the league. He might have had a little bit of uh, fabric there.
7: Andy, you kind of touched on just uh, Patrick Mahomes when things aren't working out for him. Um, what clicks in his mind where he's going to find other ways
4: to get it? Yeah, he, he's just so competitive. Never gets down on himself that way. Um, uh, he has that. I'll fix it. I got it. We'll fix it. Um, just keep keep pounding. So, yeah, he's got that type of mentality. Uh,
0: was there anything about Isaiah this week knowing he's coming back home to New Jersey playing in front? Of uh, you know, in New Jersey, probably friends and family. Anything you just saw the that you knew? Yeah, you he had. was excited
4: so, to come back, he was very excited to come back. Um, he's Jersey proud, man. So, um, I haven't gone to Rutgers, grew up here, so on. So, um, but he had quite a night.
6: All right, thank you. All
0: right, good. Thank thank you. You. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. All right, everybody. Oh, wow. I have to just assess that one, especially the individual. <clears throat>
5: Um, I mean it was definitely a fight um, we came out hot obviously struggled I made two just bad throws um, where I was trying to lay it over a linebacker and a safety and I just didn't throw it far enough and hit the dude right in the chest stuff that you can't do um, but I was, I was proud of how the guys fought I mean obviously the defense kept us in it um, and then the offense had two drives in the fourth quarter where we we had sustained drives and that, that's a good defense so uh, I'm proud of that but obviously a lot to learn from and a lot to correct.
6: You guys killed the last, I think, seven and a half minutes with the ball, similar to the way the Jacksonville game ended. Why have you guys been so good in those situations?
5: Yeah, it's just guys responding. Um, obviously, we didn't play to, to, to our level in that kind of that second, third quarter. Um, but guys responded and kept just pushing. Um, and that's good things to see. I mean, a little similar to last year, it's not always going to be pretty uh, for four quarters, especially when you're playing a good defense like that. Um, but whenever the opportunity arises, it's about going down there and, and finishing. And obviously, we didn't do that in the first game, and I'm glad that we were, we've been able to do that in these last few.
4: Patrick, it depends on what you do with this, right, whether it serves you well to have a game like this. But what do you feel like in some way it, it does – I don't know if it's a reality check, but what what
5: is it? What does the game do for you, think? Yeah, no, um, that's a good defense. I mean, I knew it was going to be a fight uh, going against that defense. Uh, I thought it was kind of almost out of the norm to start that fast um, against them. But I think just learning, correcting, um, trying to learn from our mistakes. Obviously, I have to be better with the, the football. I can't turn it over um, and put that pressure on our defense. But they stepped up for me, um, and so. Uh, uh, it's it's football, it's NFL, and not everything's going to be easy. at to find a way to win uh, different ways, and uh, I've learned that over my career. And
4: proving you can grind it out is meaningful. I mean, to, to do that in the, the way the last quarter went. Yeah, no,
5: proving you can grind it out. I think proving that you, that you can have two or three quarters where you literally aren't scoring, you're not scoring, um, nothing's going well. And how do you guys respond whenever the going gets tough? And I thought the guys responded well, and um, we were behind the change a lot, um, even on those drives, and we were able to fight our way to get those first downs, and so. Um, it definitely was a it was a tough battle, but I was glad we found a way to get the win. What
3: was the message from the coach at halftime?
5: Um, I think it was just kind of just, let's just keep playing together, keep fighting. Um, I, I, I knew, I mean, I took accountability on it. I knew I'd put us in two bad positions at the end of the half and in the early second quarter. And so I think just um, no one points fingers in that locker room. We all play together. Um, and uh, you know, not everything's going to be pretty, um, but uh, the guys responded and we came together and found a way to get a win.
6: Patrick, you said
7: resp- the guys responded. Andy said you, when you kind of get in that situation, you like to fix it. You like to fix things. How do you respond when things aren't working out the way that you're?
5: Yeah, I've just, just learned to, you can only control the next play. Um, you can only go out there and, and do what you need to do for that next play. Nothing in the past matters, um, and I don't know if it's coming from Texas Tech or how I played growing up. It's just you, you, keep, you keep throwing it. You keep putting it out there and let your guys have chances. Um, you can't worry about the uh, interceptions that have happened in the past. You have to keep fighting, and uh, that's something that I believe in. And, obviously, I try to be more careful with the football. Um, um, but at the same time, I have to be me. I have to go out there and give guys chances to make plays. Um, that's what I try to do. At
0: first, you talk, about, you talk about being you right? And you
7: pick up everyone, right? But who picks you up? Is it coach or is it another? I think it's, I mean,
5: I think it's just the whole team, honestly. I mean, it's everybody. No one ever uh, points fingers on this team. I I don't think, not just me, I think at at everybody. Um, If something goes bad, you pick that guy up and you keep fighting. Um, And that's why I think we've won a lot of football games here, um, is that it doesn't always have to be perfect, but we're going to respond and have each other's back um, and that's what makes great football teams.
6: Adam, Patrick, that twenty-five uh, yard run you had on that last drive—that was obviously a big play. But you were particularly fired up when it was over. Was there something else behind that? Yeah, I
5: mean, we just needed that. We needed that play in that time. Um, we we're trying to get into the field goal range. We we're trying to do what we can to get keep the defense off the field. They've been playing their tail off in that second half. Um, I'm a little upset. I kind of stumbled. I was thinking I could maybe get around the side a little bit. Um, but uh, I mean, it was a big first down. Um, and then we were able to kind of keep it moving uh, down the field. Uh, and I, I've told I told a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm faster than people think. I don't run pretty, so people think I'm slow. But uh, I move a little bit better than people think.
7: Patrick, it's, it's the, the two interceptions that you touched on briefly, kind of similar plays it looked like,
0: but I'm wondering if you could just take
7: us through what you saw. Yeah, it's just being
5: greedy, man. Um, just got to throw the ball away. Um, they they covered both the plays well, um, but instead of just throwing the ball away, I try to make perfect throws, um, where I tried the one to Noah, I saw the guy underneath it, I thought I could throw it to the sideline, him or nobody, maybe get it, catch it on the sideline, first down, um, and obviously didn't throw it good enough, hit the dude right in the chest, and the same with Travis, I mean, we're in that, that situation where I'm trying to get uh, at least Harrison in field goal range, and... They're they're dropping for depth, and I thought Trav had beat his guy, but the whole player was there, um, and I thought I could throw it over him, um, and obviously I couldn't, and so he made a good play on it. And so it's just you just got to know when you can take those chances, and obviously that time at those points in the game, I can't I can't do that. I got to throw the football away and just live to play another play. All
6: right, we're gonna go with these three gentlemen in the back, and we're gonna finish
4: up here. Patrick, are you satisfied with the way
5: the teams come around here in the first month of the season? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. It's always good when you find a ways to win. Um, I, I think I've, I've learned in my six or seven years, it's, it's, you can win pretty, but you have to win ugly too in order to win Super Bowls. And so uh, for me, um, it's, it's always, even though I, I hate it that while it's happening, I feel like it makes you better in the end if you win games like this where not everything's going perfect. And so uh, um, we did that last year, and we're going to try to do that again this year and then try to keep getting better. And so we're playing our best football at the end of the season.
7: Uh, Patrick, first, first time playing in MetLife, what was the atmosphere like?
5: No, it was it was awesome, honestly. Um, I got to come here for, uh, my first year twice, two, two times in three weeks, but obviously didn't get to play in the game. Um, but the atmosphere was awesome. Sunday night, I mean, from the intros all the way to the end of the game, the fans were in it. Um, and my, my dad played for the Mets, and so I know the fans really support their teams. And so uh, I, I was glad to, to be here and get to play in a, the same state and kind of the same type of fan base that my dad played in.
7: I follow up on that was like Isaiah Pacheco, kind of coming back to New Jersey, just his game, the way he played today in front of the
5: fans that he grew up. With. Yeah, no, he's a, uh, I call him, he's Jersey's own man. He, he went to Rutgers. He played, he played in Jersey. He loves it. Kind of how I, I am with Texas. He has a lot of pride in it, and so I could see it from the first snap. You could see it in his eyes. Like this meant more to him, and uh, he did a great job catching the ball, running the ball. Um, I, I mean, he put up great – I haven't looked at the stats, He put up great stats and, and made some big runs when we really needed them.
6: Last three, Adam. Patrick, you got the 200 TD record tonight. Is
5: that, number one, does that mean anything? And number two, did you keep the ball? I don't even, what's the, what's the, what is the record? 200. Um, Yeah, I mean, it means, it means a ton, um, because you, I guess the people that are on the list, the quarterbacks that have came before me, um, but, uh, I mean, you just got to keep going. I mean, the game has changed, so I think someone will pass me uh, before, before too long, and so you just go out there and keep playing, and the one thing that doesn't change is Super Bowls, so I'm going to try to keep getting those. Last two.
0: That, going back to that run, were you surprised that it was just wide open
5: up the middle? It was so wide open, I feel like I could have right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the offensive line, first off, did a good job blocking. Um, that that pass rush is, I mean, is top one of the top in the NFL, at the top. And and it kind of opened up, um, but there was a lot of attention, which, I mean, that, while there was a flag, there was a lot of attention on Travis, which is, I mean, important. And so once he kind of went to the right, he took, like, three people with him, and it opened up for me. Um, and so uh, – like I said, I, I like I said, I'm a little faster than people think I am, so uh, maybe one day I'll get a spy. that's that's my goal. If I can get a get a spy that then I'll know I've made it. Patrick,
4: uh to some of your teammates and you talk about going to the halves, some adversity. Uh, talked to Trinity talked about uh, Chris Jones and, and Spags talking about Brotherhood. After a quarter of the season's already gone, what's the character to make with a team that you see? You talked about adversity and the different type of wins that you all have give us an idea what the character of this team is going for.
5: Yeah, I know. I mean, we a lot of the guys, even though they're young, we've been together now. We've played in a lot of different style of football games, um, and we, we, we've gotten better from it. Um, and so whenever – like I was saying earlier, I mean, like whenever – Stuff's going bad. No one's pointing fingers. We, I just believe the defense is going to get a stop when we need to get a stop, and the defense believes in me that I'm gonna find a way for them to get the offense going and score points. And every time we, I mean, every time we're walking in and kind of crossing from the defense going off and the offense going off both both ways, it's like, hey, we got you, or hey, I, I, I got you right here. Um, and I think that's 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 a true brotherhood is that we, we believe in each other whenever times are tough. Um, and that's why you find we find ways to win games like this.
2: All right, guys, go ahead. <clears throat>
1: Oh, it means a lot to me and the team uh most definitely uh picking up one another uh playing hard for each other great team over there,
5: and what about you coming here for this
1: game? Oh, it's a great feeling uh never been in the stadium before I've been in the Philly stadium first uh professional real football game inside the stadium uh oh, it's a great feeling uh and blessed to see my family here supporting me and not only that um get a victory.
0: How many times did you imagine scoring a touchdown here in MetLife, and how did you feel once you got into
1: the end zone? Um, I didn't really picture it, but, you know, focusing and staying patient and just listening and doing my job um, allowed me to get in the end zone and finishing with the guys up front.
2: It's a really big team win as well. How big is this for you guys moving forward, do you think? Oh, it's awesome.
1: It shows you uh, how uh, how much we play for one another, and not only that, uh, you got a lot of more ball to play and a lot of more time to build with each other.
4: How hard a grind
1: about? was this tonight? Sadie, I'm sorry.
4: How hard a grind was this tonight?
1: Oh, it was a lot of hard to grind. Uh, I say I, every time I got in the huddle, I was telling the old line, uh, "Let's strain, let's finish," and uh, you know that was the mindset. You had you, you had a lot of extra energy coming in. It seemed
0: like tonight. Did you feel that? Oh um, yeah, I
1: felt good tonight. I ain't gonna lie to you. I felt light on my feet. Uh, back to uh, to the to the process rolling.
0: You told us earlier this week, you know, when you're getting ready to score, your your uh, celebration kind of goes through your head. What were you thinking about as you were running to the end zone? Hey, when I
1: was running there on that one, I ain't, that was a long one, so I wasn't thinking about nothing. I'm like, sheesh, just let me get in there. Yeah. Were, were you
0: impressed by the defense?
2: Was it better
1: than what you thought? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the defense up front, uh, very hard. Uh, they played very solid. And uh, for us, uh, just finishing. That was the, the mindset of, of the offensive line, finishing.
6: So you guys killed the last, I think, seven and a half minutes of the game with the ball. You did the same thing in Jacksonville. Why are you guys have? Why have you guys been so good in
1: those situations? Um, it starts in practice. Uh, practicing those situations when we are getting down to it, uh, and listening to Pat on this calls and making sure that uh, we play for one another. Uh,
0: can you uh, describe the push-ups? What was going on? Oh uh, yeah,
1: I, I was a little slow getting up there, so I had to get my juice back.
0: Last
7: well, one. Isaiah, uh, Patrick said, uh, Andy said that uh, Patrick said something in the locker room at halftime. You know What did he tell you guys and what was his mentality kind of coming at the last few minutes
1: of that game? Um, way to uh, play for each other, uh, both sides of the ball. And this half, when we go out there, let's just keep building and uh, play for one another, uh, make plays. Let's still go in the mindset we got. Yeah, we didn't spy him for four years and we paid the price heavily.
8: <laughs>
4: do see from your that may have the
8: trouble tonight? Well first I'd like to give hats off to Zach Wilson, the, the Jets offense, um, their OC Hackett. Uh, they had a great plan and for as much criticism as, as they've taken, I thought Zach came out and, and made some really really good throws. I thought he competed and I thought their entire offense competed um, the world champs coming into your house and, and the way they competed down 14 or 17 points. Uh, hats off to those guys. They really gave us a tough battle tonight. It was a good one.
4: Drew, what, is, what does it do for you to win a game like this, kind of grind it out as opposed to putting it away early? Yeah,
8: I think to be a world champion, you have to be able to win in a lot of different styles, um, and every game is going to be different. Um, last week we jumped out to a big lead against Chicago, and we are able to hold on to that and um, kind of make them one-dimensional in on offense. This week we jump out to a big lead. Suddenly their defense bows up, gets a safety, we're on our heels, Pat throws a couple interceptions, they get a couple turnovers, playing good ball on defense, and now we're forced in a, in a tough game, close game there in the fourth quarter. So you just got to learn to win a lot of different ways, and we were able to do that tonight.
6: You guys recovered that fumble. There was like seven and a half minutes left, and you didn't have to go back on the field. What's that like watching the offense kill that much time?
8: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's why 15 is the greatest in the world is even – even on a night when he throws two or three picks, whatever it was, for him to be able to convert on third and 20 with his legs, for him to be able to convert on third and eight down there to close out the game, it speaks to the toughness of our offensive line. It speaks to the, the toughness and the grit of the entire offensive personnel. And then the belief this organization has in one five to get the job done. He was able to get it done. Um, outstanding job by the offense there in the fourth quarter to
7: close the game out. Drew, was there something that happened to change like the turning point after the safety was there something that the offense was doing that you saw differently after that?
8: I just think it's a, a game of momentum, and I think the Jets were able to capitalize with some momentum there. Uh, they get two points, they get a turnover, they get a field goal. Now they're feeling it a little bit. Zach makes some incredible throws. They get down there in the goal line, they have some great play calls. Suddenly the game's you know 12 to, to 20 or 12 to 17, whatever it is, and it's a close ball game. So um, I think it's a game of momentum, and they were able to capitalize on the big plays they made tonight.
7: What did you guys do to kind of come back, obviously, after halftime? Was there something you guys did differently or adjusted? Well, I
8: think defensively, right, they got us on our heels a little bit there towards the end of the first half. Um, We were able to bow up there in the two-minute, get the sack there um, to kind of end things and and not let them get points on the board. I think the biggest thing with Spags came in the locker room and says, hey, we still have to play with the confidence and trust in one another that we've had throughout this entire season. And I think you saw that come out there in the second half, and we were able to close the door on them.
0: I you see hey, Drew, I don't know if you were around, but Andy said that Pat said something in the locker room to the guys uh, after his two interceptions. If you were around, um, what did you hear from him? And if not, I guess what did you see from him after those two interceptions?
8: Uh, you talking about in the locker room after half-time, the
5: game? Or halftime, he said after the two interceptions he just was talking to guys. I think he
8: just said, I've got your back, and I think everybody believes him when he says that, right? He's, he's the best. He's the best of position. Um, and whenever he has the ball in his hands, you know we have a belief that he's going to get the job done. Drew,
3: you talked about Zach a little bit. Um, he had
0: some up and downs, you know, the first couple of games of the season. Did he do anything special
8: today? Man, he played with uh, with good moxie, with good poise. He made some throws into some tight windows. Um, you know, one there on me to the tight end, back shoulder down the seam, incredible throw. Um, I think he threw one on our, our other linebacker, Leo Chenal, great throw, back shoulder throw, and then he gets the throw to the tight end in the end zone uh, to complete the drive. Um, was able to get the ball to Garrett Wilson, their best playmaker. Um, and I thought, you know, schematically they did a good job of, of getting him quick rhythm throws to get him going. But when it came down to it, he had to stand in the pocket a few times and make some tough throws downfield. And he did that, and um, I think we should all respect him for that. He's, he he gutsy performance against the world champs coming in his house tonight. guys. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, guys.
3: Nice.